Welcome to the Volrath Feed, the show that talks about the world of commercial food service and everything related to it. We'll talk to top chefs, we discuss current events, and we have guests that work in the many areas within the food service industry. And as we like to say, it's just a very big, wide open topic, and who knows where we'll go. I'm your host, Rich Rupp, product trainer and chef at the Volrath Company. And as always, our producer, Justin Pearson, is with us today. Justin, how are you? Hello, Rich. I'm doing quite well today. Thank you very much for asking. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Very good. Today, we have a, another food service director on our show. A little bit later, we'll be talking with Amy Lawrence, who is the food service director in the Sheboygan Falls Random Lake School Districts right here in our own backyard, right in, outside of Sheboygan, Wisconsin. So we're looking forward to that. And we recently finished a new serving area for the middle school there. And we actually did a uh, case study on that. We have a video discussing that project on our website at thevolrathfoodservice.com. And uh, features some local kids. Some of our employees' kids are in that video. So that was kind of fun to watch. And uh, hear a little bit of what they have to say about their new cafeteria, which is important and always fun to hear what the kids think about the school food service, right? Because we've talked many times about our experience in school. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, if you can get a kid to say something good about it, that's got to be a good thing, right? Yeah. If you can get them to say anything good, I mean, <laughs> whether it's the food, the personnel, how, you know, the flow of the line. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And, and that was one of the things from Amy's perspective. She talked about the flow. She wanted to get kids through fast and she wanted to be, um, Flexible. Those are two of the big things she wanted out of her new design. So she's the K through 12 director, as I said, from um, Sheboygan Falls and Random Lake. And other K through 12 directors we've had on the show, we talk about their concerns and speed as well. Remember, I think it was Shannon uh, Solomon, right? Talked about right. getting kids through. And so it'll be interesting to hear this is nowhere near the size of Shannon's district. She was huge. This is more probably a smaller district. Uh, but Still, I'll bet the concerns and challenges are the same, just yeah. be a little bit different numbers that we'll put to them. But so anyway, we'll have her on the show in a little bit. And again, just as a, a K through 12 food service director, listening to what she has going on in her world, especially in summertime now and with concerns about going back to school next year, right? That's going to be something that uh, everyone's got to tackle. So we'll, I'm sure he'll some of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Still way up in the air here and... It's anyone's guess, really, what's to be expected for this upcoming fall. Right. We just got to stay vigilant and relay any information that comes out as soon as we get it. Right. And again, I'm sure a lot of the issues are the same. You know, they all have their funding issues. They all have their participation issues, right? Getting kids to to participate in, in the programs and eat the food, actually, versus just checking the box that you met the requirements, right? Making sure that it's something the kids are actually eating. Well, you know, I bet there's some definitely some unique challenges uh, with a, with a smaller school district as well compared to a larger one, uh, especially when you have all of students K through eight or through high school all kind of in the same building. Are they all going to eat the same thing? Are there modified menus? Or you know, when you get older, do you get different options, or is it just like here you go? You know, that's because I would imagine that kindergartners might want to eat slightly different things than seniors. So. <laughs> I would I would imagine and also portion. Correct. That's yes. another big big consideration there. So a lot maybe a lot more to to vary. And I and I keep going back to my days here in the Sheboygan Area School District when I was young. 
I, I know it was the same pack. I, I know it was that same. <laughs> it was the same pizza, piece of pizza. It was the same tater tots, the same hamburger, whatever it was. I remember those were the same things I'd been eating since kindergarten all the way through high school. So yeah, yeah things have changed for the better. It really doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, the, the kindergartners get the same size meal as like a high school junior, you know, who's just yep. hit, hit puberty and he's consuming calories that you know, would kill us nowadays. <laughs> right. Well, I, I think I, there was an option you could give them multiple tickets and get multiple meals. I think that was one of the ways that we did it. You know, I was a football player, but like you said, burning a lot of calories. And they also had a few other options that we could supplement the, the meal with, but it's... It's all, as we've talked many times, it's just a good thing that the changes that are here now and the kids are, are lucky. They, they've got some really good stuff that people are planning for them. And, you know, with Amy now, we're talking about even the layout, you know, how it looks. Back in the day, it was just that straight line. You mm -hmm. got in on one end of it and you walked through to the other. And that was kind of the, the way they got you through. Now they look at different setups. They look at station feeding and flexibility to, to move that all when they have a new... Maybe a new menu item. Maybe they, they put things together. I don't know. We're going to find out from her. One other area that I know Amy has done something this summer is, as we're learning with the other directors that we talked to, the summer feeding programs and how, yeah, you know, they have the, they make the meals for the students to be able to come pick them up. And I wonder if that's a daily thing again, or if that's a couple of days that they pack up and give to them and um, that they keep them. Yeah. You know, with good nutrition all the way through the summer months, not just some kids, you know, if they don't get their their good nutrition at home, um, school might be the place that they, they can look forward to a good meal every day, Yeah, even in the it, summer. And I, I'm wondering what, what a smaller district or more rural district has to, to do to meet those needs, because I'm sure a lot of kids can't go to the same place every day or their parents can't get them there. Oh, the distance, dealing, right? Yeah, if you're dealing with miles, do they have different drop-off points that uh, the school takes so that they, they can meet the needs of more people? Oh, you're uh, right. Even in Sheboygan Falls, that's that's a challenge. I know the middle school is kind of on the outside of the town, a little bit um, removed from the center of the city. And, and if you think about how schools are in a lot of cities, they're right in the neighborhoods. There's one in every so many square blocks. That's the school that has mm -hmm. been designed and placed there to serve that area of the community. And here now we've put this middle school where, of course, nobody's driving yet outside a pretty good ways away from the center of, of the city. And what challenges does that bring to things like the summer program? Right, right. Rich, I came across this article from schoolnutrition.org called the Journal of Child Nutrition and Management. And it's operating school meal programs in rural districts, challenges, and solutions. I was just noticing some points in here uh, that over half of public school districts in the United States are in rural areas, educating nearly 20% of students. Now, that's an interesting stat right there, isn't that? Yeah. Half the school districts only are serving 20% of the students. It just shows that those, those school districts are smaller. Yeah. And, you know, as you would, would guess in rural areas, but yet that lines up with what we've heard from some of our districts that we've talked to, the directors that are from the big districts, how many students in the numbers that right. just really surprised us. Well, and you're going to have a lot of people wearing a lot more hats. Yes. And here it says administrative capacity is limited in rural districts with the superintendent often being the only administrator and performing a variety of essential duties. There's lots of personnel constraints put on when, when you have a smaller district. And then the needs of the, the children aren't changed, if there's, even if there's less of them. They, they, they still need the same things. 
Mm-hmm. Um, right. Rural districts often face resource constraints and restrictions and funding. So I wonder what the funding differences might be for Sheboygan Falls versus Random Lake, if it comes all out of the same bucket. No, that's more and more you hear the, um, we have a food service council that um, we put together at Volrath. We call it our Cuffs Council, College University Food Service Council. And they talk about that very thing in that the smaller the districts are, the more hats that person has to wear. And sometimes that person is almost removed from the day-to-day and just does this, the, the back of the house kind of, you know, looking at the the budgets and working with the districts on the finances and the the planning and, and that. And they're really out of the day-to-day operations of the food service, whereas the small districts, as you say, with the more hats you have to wear, you have to be involved with all areas. So mm-hmm. big difference. Justin, I will say one thing that I have to say is a rural district, you might have a little bit different challenges. I know for a fact that the Plymouth School District, which is just beyond where Sheboygan Falls is here in our area, some of the pluses maybe of being out in those rural areas is that I know in the winter, kids can bring their snowmobiles. That's the mode of transportation in the school. Oh, really? Right, right. And they've got a big area that they can park in. I, I don't know if they have like speed zones they have to comply with like you do in a parking lot, but that's a big mode of transportation for kids in the um, in those rural districts, get taking their snowmobile to school every day. Okay. Well, yeah, get to take your sled to school. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, there's a, a story of uh, one kid I know brought the, their tractor on a day. They drove in there from their farm. They used their tractor to get to school <laughs> in those rural areas. So yeah. well, maybe there's some upside to it too, right? Yeah. Being in, in rural, you, you get away with a lot more because you're just trying to make things work because you're dealing with unique circumstances that being in an urban setting, you, you don't have. Right. Regional differences, right? Yeah. Well, Justin, I think it's time that we will bring in our guest and let's find out exactly how she's doing some of these things we've been talking about and uh, how she's operating her district. And once again, we have joining us today, Amy Lawrence, who is the food service director in the Sheboygan Falls Random Lake School Districts, which is again right in our backyard. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you. How are things? It's 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 a never-ending experience. It's a new adventure every day. Um, things are concrete in the morning. Get on your computer, and everything's changed by the afternoon. Um, <laughs> it's a never-ending changing. It's a strange time that we're that very we're in, right? very uncertain right. times right now. Yep. Right. So, f- food service directors that we've talked to. Um, have gotten in their positions a couple of different ways. I mean, it's an important job as uh, proper nutrition and good dining experience at the school makes um, better students in the classroom and happier kids, I guess, all around, right? So uh, just to start us off today, could you tell us a little bit about your path to becoming the food service director and in the Sheboygan Falls and Random Lake School District? Sure. Um, well, I grew up in Random Lake, but moved out to California, and I was out there for 13 years, and then we relocated back here to Random Lake, and I thought it was a great experience to be in a school where my kids were going to be, so that's where I started. Um, I started actually on the line serving, and then slowly moved up and became the director. I've been in Random Lake now for 22 years, 
and I've been in Sheboygan Falls for nine years. It's been a great experience, many different obstacles, many different situations. They're both two totally different districts. Um, so oh. that sometimes becomes a challenge. Um, in Random Lake, I have one school, K through 12. And in Falls, I have three different schools with di um, 16 different employees at the different schools. In Random, we have 11. So those have been changes um, also through all the different things that were, is going on. So two independent districts. With what, independent like... views. They, um, oh boy. they have separate superintendents, different um, board of education, um, different schedules. So I actually, to keep myself functional, I do um, like Where's Waldo? It's called Where's Amy? <laughs> <laughs> and it's color-coded so I know which color t-shirt to wear at each location. Um, yeah, so it just really? keeps me going. Yeah, I, I, I've got a, it's actually for my family too, so they know where I'm at. But um, wow. just so I know which, which way I'm headed and what day. I am, I'm accessible to both districts all the time, even though I'm in both of them at different times. Well, we talked about that a little bit in the beginning of the show, just as far as you have two districts, are you really having two complete districts? And that's exactly what it sounds like. It is exactly. And so as we're looking into, you know, where we're at right now with the storm, <laughs> it's, it's two different views. I, um, what the schedules will look like, what I'm going to do in, in each school is totally different. Um, I try to do the same menu per se in each, but I'm running with 735 people or customers in Random Lake and 1,635 in Falls in three different levels. So it looks different in each location also. And you call them customers. I call them customers. We have restaurants. We have a cafe. Ah. Um, and that's very important for me. Um, they're either eating with me as a customer, or I've lost them to the brown bag or a different outside location. So yeah, they definitely are customers. That's a that's a trend we've kind of heard a little bit. Um, a lot of food service directors, the K through 12s, have been calling them the, their uh, students the customer because that's mm -hmm. really. If you break it right down, that's what you've got. You've got food service outlet, restaurant, and you've got people you yeah. serve, customers, and you look at it that way, it's probably a good way to keep it in perspective, right? To keep it them is. involved and, and happy. We, want, we also want our staff to be doing good customer service. Um, what's going to bring them back? Not, you owe me this much money, but what can I serve you today? You know, we, we, we've got to look at things differently because they have many options. Um, they don't have to eat with me every day. I want them to, but how I take care of them and service them is what's going to give me the the upper hand. Mm -hmm. So in a smaller setting, like say your Random Lake, how many options are the number of options that you offer different? And you said that school was really a K through 12, one location? It is. And we do serve them all K through 12 in less than an hour and a half. Um, they all use the same cafeteria. Um and their options are different. We do have a couple of options for the elementary. And then when it gets to our upper secondary school, the fifth through 12th grade, 
We have an average about maybe seven different things that they can get. There's different lines. We have a salad bar line um, op that won't be available this year. Um, <laughs> we have a, a grab and go. It has multiple things from chicken nuggets, hamburgers, you know, every day there's a variety of things there. And then we have pizza on every line every day. So there's different options. Uh -huh. Um, and that's, you know, looking forward to this, this coming school year, how's that all going to look? Right. Right. And, and those options that you offer, how concerned do you are, or how many different considerations do you make for dietary concerns? So do you have students that say, I want to be vegan or I want to be vegetarian or, or, you know, where do you, we, we do work with that. Um, I do reach out, we do have some dietary students also that have some restrictions and I do try to meet with them on one-on-one -on -one with the families and let them know what we have to offer for them. Um, but it's a slow trend that's coming in, you know, that maybe it's meatless Mondays or, you know, you, you do different things on different days to try to entice all. Um, it may be even Wisconsin Wednesdays, you know, where everything we serve that day is from Wisconsin in oh, some form unique. or another. Yep. Yeah, that's so kind we of a try. way to go on it. I'm and sure looking at the, at the restaurant aspect, that was something that we're looking at for this next year. How can I make things work if we're not in the cafeteria? If we have um, restaurants that allow people to call and order, can we do some form of online ordering, whether it be with a Google form or whatever, so that the kids still have ownership of what we have to offer? It may look different, but what can I do to give them some options? Maybe it's not seven options, maybe it's three, but that they can still take ownership of that meal that they're having. How is distribution working for meals over the summer for students who aren't able to pick up? Yes, we um, in Random Lake, because we're a little more rural, we have four different locations. Um, we are at a couple of fire department parking lots, and then we are at the school, and then we also have our district office open for a later pickup there. In falls, we have the one location between the middle school and the elementary that they can drive through where the um, bus pickup is. And so that has been working fabulous. Um, we changed things in a weekend and we made it work. Um, talk about essential. These I always said my teams were essential. In order for a teacher to teach a kid, he's got to have a stomach that's full and be able to take in that nourishment and the knowledge that they're going to train or give them. But we found that it was very important for us to be out there on the lines. Um, we were very fortunate in Sheboygan Falls. We had aides and paraprofessionals that took the um, distribution, distribution portion of it. And now um, since school ended, they're no longer with us right now, but we have volunteers within the school district still that came in and um, community members that stepped up and they're handing out the the meals to the kids. Um, it's twofold to see that kids smile that they've missed all this time, but also I think it warmed their hearts to know that they were giving them something back also. It's been huge. All right, absolutely. And you mentioned that um, you have that pickup point. We talked earlier as well. I know that the Falls area, the schools are kind of on the outside edge of the city now, right? Both of the middle and elementary are out more toward the, the outskirts of the city. And how does that work when you've got, obviously, kids in middle school and, and elementary that aren't driving? How do they get their meals? So you move that pickup point, though. 
We did. We we kept it there. Um, we have sent out a survey that goes out to all the families also so that they can kind of fill in. Um, it is also available to anybody that's 18 and un under um, from any district. So if they are from Sheboygan, but they cl live closer to Falls, they can pick up there also. Um, that causes a challenge because we have 75 other people coming from other areas that we don't have on the survey. So that's been a little bit of a challenge for us. Right, just in the planning and um, obviously that's 75 more mouths to, to feed that you don't maybe have the budget for all the time or how does how is right. that working with your... Um, budget's been a little bit of a challenge. You know, we're used to having a la carte sales in our middle school and high school, and that's not something that we have right now. It's, um, it's a hard decision when you're looking at your budget and you're looking at taking care of the nourishment that some of these kids, that's all they have. And we know that. Um, so you choose to take care of those kids and you, you just work through the budget part for now. And uh -huh. hope that, you know, I don't know what the bottom dollar will be, but in my heart, it's going to be big because <laughs> we know we've taken care of them. But yeah. in the same sense, we are a business and we do have to um, we have to make money. Um, part of this, too, people thought that it was just free and reduced families that this was for. It was for all kids 18 and younger. I was hoping in my mind that every student that ate with me during the school year ate with me out in the um, pickup area also. Um, it's just a different way that we were feeding them. Of course, that didn't happen. Um, in Sheboygan Falls, I usually had about 27% eating breakfast with us and 57 eating lunch with us. During this time, I'm feeding about 25%. Um, in Random Lake, we had about 36% eating breakfast with us and about 56 eating lunch with us. And we have been serving about 35%. So it's a little higher, but we have a smaller um, group of people. Am I feeding all my free and reduced kids? No, I'm not. Um, so that's hard too, because how do I get to all of them? Um, that plays on a director's heart too, because we really want to be there for them, but we can only do so much. Right. Are these, are these all cold meals that you're doing in the summer? No, actually, um, we... Because of our budget and buying commodity foods, we wanted to make sure that we are using as much as possible of our commodities. So we have served Asian meals. They even got chopsticks, um, a fortune cookie. Um, we have served most of our items we've put together and we've refroze them so they can get them home and heat them up with instructions how to do that properly. Um, so we've gone through many scenarios from um, cold winter and serving in the rain to serving now in the hot. Um, now, how do I keep that milk cold? I had no problem in March keeping it cold, but now I need to make sure in the 85 degree weather, it's not going bad. So right. how we do things changes daily. Um, the teams are phenomenal. We have somebody drive up, it's tw almost 12 o'clock. We have 34 more meals we've got to put together, we're out. And am I going to turn anybody away? I don't. So in that five minutes, they are all on board, putting stuff in those bags and knowing exactly what needs to go in there and get it out to those people. So we can do that, but we also can do it because of all the equipment and things that we've been supplied um, from all the different locations. Um, we look at everything differently. 
are, and that's how it's going to be, I think, going forward for this next school year also. How can we repurpose what we already have? Um, uh, I've got some beautiful service lines that came from Volrath, and I think that my cold hot cart that I have now is going to be in a hallway, possibly, or going up the elevator to the second level and being able to have a remote location for people. Um, so everything has looked differently. Our drying racks from the dishwasher section is now become a cart loaded with meals going out. Um, so everything that I look at is looked at differently. How can I reuse the equipment that I have, but what purposes and things do I need to purchase? So moving ahead if into the school session for the fall, are you looking at getting away from the cafeteria environment and delivering all meals in class and everybody kind of stays in place for that? You know, the biggest um, obstacle I have right now is making sure that I have a place at the table when our administrative teams are talking about what they're possibly looking at. And that could be many scenarios. So first I need to make sure that I'm included at the table. I wanna make sure that I know um, that the administrators, the teachers, the custodians, and my team are all together on everything. And I've been told in the one location that we probably won't be using the cafeteria. So my scenarios have to be um, different. And will it be different, obviously, in the elementary compared to the middle and the high school? So I have to have many different scenarios laid out. Um, don't know which one we'll be using. And maybe throughout the course of the year, it might be a couple of different ones. You know, we have had talk that there might be some students in on one day and some will be remote, um, virtual. So we may be serving in multiple facets where I'm making a hot meal to take to a classroom, but I'm also making some for a curbside pickup at the same time. And how's that going to work? Um, those cause sleepless nights, <laughs> but I, I, I really, um, I depend on my teams. We have brief meetings. My meetings get to be long because I love to talk and, and get their, their feelings too, because they're the ones on the line doing it every day and how they see things being done are a little different than what I sometimes see as a supervisor in the background. Um, so we are going to possibly be taking things to the classroom. So what does that look like? Do I get the milk coolers that we use for field trips and, you know, keep things cold that way? Um, I know there's vendors out there and I think actually Volrath has one for hot. There are bags that we can use to, you know, so these are the different scenarios that I have and what equipment do I still need to purchase and get in so that I can make this happen and be as easily transitioned. Um, when you tell a teacher, you know, now we've been doing breakfast in the classroom all, now we're doing lunch too, um, we may get some pushback, but I want them to realize we're going to do everything on our side to make it comfortable for them and easy. And how can we do that? Yeah, there's there's no manual. There's no manual for there's this whatsoever. nothing and, right now. And you have two districts to deal with and that are going to do things different. differently. Yeah, exactly. Um, the I just attended a conference and it was just eye-awakening on uh, many aspects. And the biggest thing was that they said is, you know, we're all in a storm together, the same storm, but we're all on different boats. Each district is different. Um, you know, I had somebody say, well, I have a small district of 6,000 and I'm going, well, what am I then? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really <laughs> small. Um, but, you know, in 
some of us are going to be on the Titanic once in a while. We're going to sink. You know, we, we don't know what each day is going to bring, but we want to make the focus our kids. Um, what can I bring to them every day? Um, and it has to be a positive. You know, when we get up in the morning, we have to say, I know we can make this work. We made feeding kids curbside in less than a weekend. You know, we made it work and we can do this longevity it wears you down it's going to be stressful it's going to be all those things but together we can be strong and we can get through this right you know you talk about the differences in in the size of the districts but one thing i'll i'll say that is just reaffirmed again talking to you today is your all the your peers that have come from whatever size district you all are very similar in the same i should say in that it's the students you all care you all are very creative people. You do what needs to be done. You make it work. You've got great staff. I mean, it's just the the, the story we hear over and over is, is the same in that regard. And that's just nice that uh, you, you're all in this really to do the best you can for your, your kids. And you look at them as your customers and uh, even your faculties, right? You, you exactly. They're, they're all and, of, they're all part of us. Um, right. And together, that's why I said, you know, when I'm talking planning, I'm including a teacher. I'm including a custodian. I want them to know that we're there to assist them. I don't want to make any more work for them either. I want to make sure that the outcome is we're feeding those kids. But, you know, we have to look at all areas. A teacher is going to be overwhelmed too. A custodian is going to be overwhelmed with what's it going to be like cleaning every day. Um, You know, so all those different things. In Random Lake, my custodians are also my staff for we're responsible for cleaning the cafeteria at the end of the day. So there's multiple um, hats you'll have to wear. It's yeah, there there's lots of different aspects. And if we end up having to send meals home with kids, my some of my staff may have to start later so that we can get them those meals to take home on the bus on the for the next day if there's virtual. Um, but then also little Johnny, <laughs> we don't want to overload him either with um, six meals, you know, and how is he going to carry that home? So our thinking is also, how do we make that look different during school than we did during summer? Uh-huh. Do you have uh, students that advise you as well? Do you seek their input on on? Definitely. We, we try to as much as possible. And um, again, they're customers. So we do try to have little groups within the different age mm-hmm. levels and get their input. We have to buy law when we're using commodities. We need to make sure that we do taste testing with kids. It doesn't matter what I like. It does matter what my students like. Um, so it's important if I'm going to use USDA funds that I get taste testing with them and see what, what their likes and dislikes are. Well, it's all about participation, right? It doesn't matter it if is, you give them nutritious food. If they don't eat it, it does you no good. It, it does no, them no good. Yep, exactly. How do you how do you monitor participation beyond just in your focus groups? Do you, I, I know I talk about it with others. Do you look at the trash? Do you just observe and walk around? Do you listen to comments more? How do you monitor participation? Well, we sometimes send out surveys. Um, the trash issue is very difficult because when I was growing up, we had trash too. We just concealed it a little more. We opened our milk cartons and we put it in there and then we <laughs> threw it away. So when we walked up, the person that was monitoring it didn't see the trash that I had in my uh... carton. But if they weighed it, they might be the same. Um, so I think that's always been there. Um, 
but the guidelines made it even a little more. But I can tell you back when I started with the districts, I was always impressed with the amount of fruit and vegetables our kids took. But then we came through with guidelines that said they had to. It's like anything. Once you tell a kid they have to do it, same as cleaning their room, um, they don't want to do it. And so we had, you know, some push there. We try to give... Um, a variety of fruits and vegetables. It's just not the same. It's not a carrot every day or a raw carrot. It might be a cooked carrot or, you know, because kids have different likes. Um, it's interesting, you know, if you think you like carrots, you think you'd like it no matter what way it's cooked. But texture is a big thing for kids. So we want to always give them as much input. Um, again, there are customers. So what, um, it's funny too, you, you think you've got them all figured out. Next year's going to be a breeze. Well, those kids that like that item now just graduated. And the next group coming in has no clue what you're serving. They We call it a different name than what they're used to. So that was something we talked about now. If we're going to give them choices and it's in the classroom, do we need to put a picture with it so that the kid understands what a quesadilla is? Oh, that's, that's what it is. I have that at home. You know, uh -huh. um, what we call things may be different than what they see it. So visual, but then in the same sense, if it's a picture, it better be what it looks like at lunch and not a picture with a hamburger that's got all these glorified toppings on it and that's not what we're serving because uh -huh. they'll they'll say something on that too. Do you find kids are, are more worldly um, now as well? Like when I was young, I, it was probably pretty narrow lane that we stayed in with food, but I think now people are expanding that and the the worldly uh, cuisines that they're being influenced with on vacations and things that they want to do more of. Are you seeing that as well? We are. There, there's, we're seeing a lot of different ethnic um, foods that we can bring out. Um, both schools have, um, we call it kind of like around the world. So we try mm -hmm. to feature something different for them. Um, it's getting them to try things. Um, once they try it, they're good with it. Um, you, we do a lot of Asian meals. Um, and it's interesting because you see them out in the restaurant, but it takes them to that trying, that taste testing. And then they realize, oh, yeah, I love this. This is awesome. So it's good to see. And uh, being in Wisconsin, we have June is Dairy Month, right? I, I understand that's a, an area you, uh, you enjoy and, and have some passion for. Definitely. And we talked about um, love to have our... Wednesday, um, Wisconsin Wednesdays, Dairy Month is huge for us. We, during the beginning of all of this, could only get white milk. Um, I am just excited to get milk in my kids, no matter what way it is, because not everybody has milk at home. Um, but we did realize that our milk consumption, even though they needed to take it, some really didn't want it until just recently we were able to add chocolate milk. And boy, it's it's going. <laughs> the kids are excited. <laughs> Who knew that chocolate milk was such a hit? But as long as I know that they're getting it and they're enjoying it, that's what counts. Oh, absolutely right. And the, we are in the dairy state, so milk. And a lot of the, speaking of that, the dairy state we're in and um, the districts you're in, uh, there is a lot of the, the kids that are growing up on farms, right? So that yeah. fruits, vegetables, and, and farming, the dairy industry in our state cheese all very important we're very fortunate in falls we have our own garden um, so we are able to during the summer process a lot of that food um, we freeze it 
and then we have it available to the kids throughout this school year. Um, one of the things we're really proud of is we make our own soups. Um, so we had quite a few in the freezer, so they did go home with them this month. And um, a lot of them really enjoyed it. A variety of soups using our commodities and using the garden that we have right there. And what an awesome experience for the kids who planted that garden to see it go full circle and watch right. kids, other kids enjoy it. Right. So how much of the food that you serve do you think, or do you, would you say is scratch cooking or... Uh, I call it semi-homemade now. Um, Hour-wise, you know, through time, we've had to cut how much time the cooks are in the kitchen. So we're not able to do as much scratch cooking, but we can add things to what we have. Um, we're able to, like I said, with the garden, we do that through the summer months. Um, so I was able to hire one of our cooks as our garden um garden cook and she preps and does everything during the summer and then we are able to produce it and have it out there during the school year but not as much as I'd like to you know go back to the scratch cooking um it's a new trend that's coming back right. but We've we have that. to watch the budget that's the biggest thing is if I don't have enough time I don't want to bring in a raw chicken breast that I can't process in enough time and take the possibility of getting one of my kids sick. So some things we have to give up on. We used to make our own bread, um, something that oh, wow. we weren't able to do anymore either. But how do you, yeah, choices. Oh, homemade bread. That would be awesome. Oh, Perfect. it was fabulous. And then you always liked it when you pulled into the parking lot, the kids get off the bus and they could smell it. Oh, when is lunch? When is lunch? Not when is math and when is recess, but when is lunch? <laughs> Favorite part of the day. Right? Exactly. The only class they run to, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to say it, right? Uh-huh. So I know, speaking of uh, speed in your lunchroom, your cafeteria area, you just went through a big renovation. We did a case study on it. And yes. that was a couple of the goals that you had. I think one of them was speed. You wanted to get your kids through in enough time. And the other one was flexibility. We, we received an awesome work through Volrath with getting our line set up at the new location and it is awesome. And so then we did some tweaking and switched it around this year. Some things we were able to do, some things we weren't able to do. Um, but always looking for that flexibility to make it easier for kids to make their choices and for them to make, um, getting them through the line without rushing. Um, they had more time this year, but as we all know, they want to get to their table. They want to make sure nobody took their table. Um, it's it's kind of like they're not assigned, but they're they're looking um, at speed to get through. So how can we make that work? And so some of the changes we made was just switching out our hot cold area to the front of the line, and then the other one to the back, um, so that they could make their entree choices first, and then grab their their sides. Um, it was. That works. It's important. Again, it's all about the customer. How can we satisfy what they're looking for? Yeah, that ability to be flexible can solve so many problems. And you're using some of that flexibility as we look at this storm and, and getting through it. And you mentioned, I think, earlier, you're hot, cold. You're going to possibly move to your second floor. Yes. So it's having that ability rather than having something that's built in place that has to stay as it is. You can yep. shuffle it around and, and maybe even... By day parts, I know you said you serve breakfast. Do you serve anything beyond lunch, or is that your last service of the day? Um, in Random Lake, we have an after-school snack for some that are there. 
Um, so that's an, we also have a daycare on site that we mm. feed all year. And a so daycare on site. Yes. Yeah. And so we do breakfast and lunch and, um, a snack, a morning snack and an afternoon snack for them. So we have to have some flexibility with that also. Boy, you have a lot going on. We have a lot. Sometimes <laughs> we just spin the wheel and see where it's going to go. <laughs> that, it's that, uh, that, that willingness to adapt and do what needs to be done and that creativity and just the desire to, to want to serve all your customers, that, that gets you through it, right? It does, definitely. One of my favorite sayings in my kitchen is, we're just going to wing it. Um, so come Thanksgiving the one year, I found some stuffed chicken or turkeys that they wing it. They sing the chicken song. So you will hear it in the kitchen <laughs> when things are a little crazy. Somebody will touch the, the wing of that turkey and it starts singing the chicken song. And, and then they're up to a new beat because you know what? We don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know. We find out in the same day, you know, it's changing from morning. I, I told them yesterday, we don't have to worry about this. And I walked into my office and I said, guess what? Erase that. Um, we do have to worry about this. So things are ever changing. We just can't um, have that bring us down. We got to keep on going. Yeah, that's exactly right. So Amy, your, your passion and investment in students is clearly evident. What do you do to pass that along to your employees? And how do you make sure to hire somebody who's right for that position? The biggest thing um, through all of this is I, I put myself aside and my concern was not just the children I was taking care of, but was my teams. Um, in order for us to be successful, they've got to come every day. They've got to be there. Um, and how do I make that work is, in to, is to include them in all conversations. Um, we meet, whether it be a 30-second we can do this day to um, what can we change? How can we look at this? And now as I go forward and I have to plan in each location, um, in falls, I'll be meeting with the elementary separately. I'll meet with the middle school. I'll meet with the high school separately because they're all separate buildings. They're separate cooks. They're separate situations. In random, K through 12, one building, all of them will get together. And that's what we did today. We did some talking about, um, we'll be continuing in Random Lake for July and August serving. Um, in falls, things were a little different, so we won't be serving again. Um, but I needed for all of them to take some time this summer and have a wellness break for themselves to focus on who they are so that they can come back relaxed, rejuvenated, and ready to tackle whatever situation is brought to us come fall. That's great. Yeah, I like that. The wellness break. I mean, even though many of us are, are even uh, quarantined, you know, working from home and that mm -hmm. uh, you guys don't have the luxury of, of being able to work remotely. But even even then, we need, we need, we need to take a step away from it. We do. We need bit. to re-energize yeah. re, re, um, re somehow um, in order for us to be successful. And I've had my administrators tell me that it's very difficult for me to shut down. My brain is constantly mm -hmm. wanting to do for others. And how do I keep this going? Um, but they did say, you know, you got to stop. You got to take care of you because you can't take care of anybody else if you're not you. Um, so that I have All to tell true. myself. Um, I have a saying on my computer that says breathe. Um, every once in a while, I have to look at that and I have to say, okay, just breathe. It's okay. I think there's an app it's for that okay. now, isn't there? I have think so, you know. <laughs> got it right on my watch. Tells you how to relax or something, right? I think. Yeah. Maybe yeah. download the app. 
Well, unfortunately, I once again, I think we need to uh, wrap things up for today. Uh, Amy, thank you so much for a fun and insightful show. And thank you for what you do every day, you and your staff, for our children in the uh, Sheboygan Falls Random Lake School District. We know that um, kids need to be happy. They need to be, have uh, good nutrition when they're in the classrooms and just happy, healthy kids are just happier kids all day long, right? So they thank sure you are. for all of that. Throughout your career coming up or in, in other areas of your life, we all have these people that um, influence us. And sometimes it's a special thing they say or a quote that you've heard from somewhere that influences you or that you you want to make sure you remember to guide you or for whatever reason, you just find the quote interesting. Do you have any quote like that that you'd like to share with us today? My biggest thing is I always say it's all good. And my team's actually had that put on wood for me. <laughs> so it hangs good. in my office. It's all good. Um, you know, it may look different each day, but it's all good. As long as we know the bottom line is taking care of those customers, our kiddos, um, it's all good. That's yeah. that's the, ma- the main thing. And that's what keeps us going. Perfect, perfect. Justin, any closing thoughts for you? Well, I would like to once again remind everyone to please hit that subscribe button. Never miss a moment with a chef or industry professional again. And while you're at it, if you appreciate what we're doing, please share it with your friends. Right, absolutely. And and for our listeners today, I hope you enjoyed the show and hearing about how our local smaller districts are taking care of our kids and making sure they get that nutrition they need to do their best in school. We've talked to directors from really large districts and from much smaller districts and we're finding more and more the issues are really the same, but most importantly, they're all very passionate about the job they do and the kids they serve every day. So, Amy, once again, thank you for that, and thank you for being on our show today. To our guests, again, if you have any thoughts about a topic that you'd like us to cover on the show or ideas that you have about the show, please visit us at valrathfoodservice.com slash the feed. And for everyone, my little bit of advice that I try to always remember is don't worry about the other guy and what they're doing. Just keep focusing on what you do best, and no one's going to beat you. Till next time, thanks.